You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open! <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill! Wild ahead of that little man. I really hope you soon jump on his bandwagon. Waddle, waddle. Tua, shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown! Okay. Okay. It's Waddle! His sixth touchdown Six pass touchdown of the day. Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, a special Sunday edition of the Drive Time Podcast. Somehow the most encouraging loss you could imagine, but also the most frustrating. The Dolphins play the Bills right down to the wire, but come up just short as they walk it off at the buzzer with a 32-29 victory over the good guys. We'll do the five takeaways from the Dolphins' third straight loss. We'll hear from head coach Mike McDaniel and quarterback Tua Tungavailoa talk about some teaching tape and the play before the play and general thoughts on this game from somewhere in South Florida. This is... The Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. We kick it off as we do every single Sunday night, or I guess in this instance, Sunday morning, after a Dolphins loss in prime time against the Buffalo Bills by looking at the game stats. And this one was pretty close pretty much throughout the entire contest. And while the Bills' win probability was the advantage through most of the game until about two minutes to play in the third quarter, Miami got their win probability all the way up at one point to 72.7% before it dipped back down in that fourth quarter. But Buffalo gets 29 first downs to Miami's 20. And really, this is the big difference, I think, in the game. Miami 5 of 14 on third downs. They were 5 of 9 at one point and failed to convert on five straight third downs. Buffalo was 8 for 14. So that helped them sustain more drives. Obviously, the more first downs and just eventually in the end in that fourth quarter, was kind of the difference in the game. Dolphins one for one on a fourth down. Buffalo did not attempt one. Buffalo 446 to Miami's 405 yards. It was 296 and 150 for Buffalo through the air on the ground. Miami's 217, 188. So almost perfect balance there with the ground and passing game. Buffalo ran 14 more plays, 71 to 57 in the game. Uh, The Dolphins and Bills both had two sacks. Uh, Eight penalties for Miami, seven for Buffalo, both for 51 yards, and time of possession was just a 14-second difference, 30 minutes and seven seconds for the Miami Dolphins. We'll get into some of the individual stats here in just a second, but the first takeaway from this game, and it got going very early on because Raheem Mostert had eight carries for 101 yards in that first quarter, and the backs and the running game get rolling, particularly behind the right side of the offensive line, is takeaway number one. And if Miami can find a way to, obviously you're not going to have, you know, seven plus yards per carry, whatever it was, every single game. Let's actually go ahead and pull that set up for you guys. You're not going to have that every single game, but when you can run the ball with that type of effectiveness or or similar effectiveness, gosh, it's going to create some opportunities like the deep shot, the Tyreek Hill for the touchdown down in the high red zone, the 20 yard line, uh, that shot to him on -on one-on-one coverage with no safety help. And you earn that because of the ability to run the football and, 
my goodness, they were going off that right side consistently all night long with those Raheem runs, with a toss sweep to Savan Ahmed getting blockers out in space. And I can't tell you how many of those big runs I look up and see the replay, and there's 68 on the second level, attaching himself to a linebacker, clearing a lane with Brandon Shell getting a big seal block, Connor Williams hitting some kind of impressive reach block. We had runs to the left side of the formation too with Rob Jones doing that, Teron Armstead sealing things off, and about the game Armstead had in pass protection too. Not a lot of pressure uh, into his face off that left side of the offensive line. So the offensive line I thought played great, especially in that running game. We talk about explosive plays in the run game, man. 68 yards for Raheem Mostert. And the way he ran with purpose on that carry, man, that was that was what really got me because he drops the shoulders and runs behind the pads and then takes off with the speed and acceleration. You guys, your fans of the podcast know that I really like it when backs can hit the home run play. And Raheem sure as heck is showing you that. Uh, to drag the tackler for 20 yards after the fact, too. Then he gets an excellent blitz pickup on a 34-yard strike on third down uh, to Jalen Waddle. That was a big, big play in that game. And then after a big completion down the field, Savon Ahmed takes an 11-yard uh, scamper for a touchdown where he has a great move. And he finishes the night six carries for 43 yards and a touchdown. That's 7.2 yards per carry for Savon Ahmed, where he mostered at eight yards per carry. Tua had the one rush for seven yards, and Alec Ingold had the one for two. So on the game, Miami runs the ball 25 times for 188 yards. I'm no mathematician, but 188 divided by 25 is 7.52 yards per carry. Pretty effective night running the ball. And it just kind of, it was drive starters. It was... You know, crucial situations early in the game, short yard conversions, the Alec Ingles sneak for the first down, Tua getting off the spot and, and rushing, you know, close for a first down. He slipped down. Uh, and just the effort overall, because like Raheem Moser, I thought, had his best game as a Dolphin by far, not just the stats, but the way he ran the ball. After the roughing penalty on Thomas Morstead, his first, the first play is a run play where he's contacted three yards deep in the backfield and he breaks it and turns it into a four yard positive gain. So, I thought Raheem was fantastic. I thought he's, you know, he he's going to have as good of a week as anybody at that position across the National Football League this week. Let's go ahead and hear the audio from both Mike McDaniel and Tua Tungavailoa on the run game success, how it benefits the pass game. Let's start first with Coach McDaniel on this Dolphins run game. Um, I think it started with the running backs that they they really uh, they knew it was their time that uh, they wanted to carry the load. They they really were. Uh, um, they had the right mindset, and you know, then it's uh, credit to the uh, offensive line for really going after a team that plays hard. That if you don't go after, they uh, they make you look pretty stupid pretty fast. So I think they had. Um, I'm not sure what we ended up with, um, but anytime you play a team in whatever week it is, um, uh, the 14th or 15th week of the season. And they've given up, I think, three, three games around 150 and everything else below that. Um, rushing, uh, they should be proud of it um, because it was deliberate work that was collective, and, and the wideouts were blocking, and the quarterback was doing a good job. And here's your quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, on the running game and how it benefits the passing game to open up the entirety of the Buffalo defense and hopefully defenses going forward. Yeah, I think I think it opened up things for for us offensively um, like it has you know in in previous games where we've found success in the past game Um, you know we we were balanced Um, we did have opportunities where we we could run RPOs and then you know there's times where it's you know hey mano y mano like you know you guys know we're gonna run with the person that we have in the game and um, 
you know, we, we just try to out-execute the opposing team. So um, we, we found success, you know, tonight uh, in the passing game, you know, also due to uh, how efficient we were running the ball. So that is my takeaway number one. Good to see the running game get cranking. And takeaway number two is that it's refreshing to see the offense get back to some of its roots and hit the plays we grew used to seeing them hit uh, really all season long until the last two games out in California. Back over 400 yards of total offense, 29 points, really kind of both of those stats in line with what we got used to with this Miami Dolphins offense, but not just in the production and the overall point score from the offense, but just kind of seeing, you know, Tyreek getting so much pre-snap motion and free releases early in this game. Waddle getting a go ball and a chance to win a deep shot down the field. Thanks some of the one-on-one coverage they got out there based upon how Miami set things up from their offensive perspective. You know, every play you run has a purpose and, and a reason to, you know, maybe come back to a wrinkle off of that or, you know, show something to, to get something later in the game. I thought Miami did a fantastic job in that. And that includes Waddle getting that takeoff ball, but also catching one and running away from a defense for really the first time since that Panthers game last year to take it all the way. He had the one against the Baltimore Ravens earlier this season where he ran for 50 plus yards and you saw the acceleration there. But gosh, I've been waiting for, you know, the Penguin to to get loose on one of those and run by defensive backs in a way that it looks like he's, you know, a fast person running past me who, who probably clocks a, a five second 40 at this stage. Just the way he erases angles is really cool to see. I thought Tua's location throughout the course of the entire night was really good. Um, I thought there was some chances early on where he was putting balls in really contested windows. You go to next gen stats, there's going to be four passes that hit Dolphins hand, Dolphins receivers in the hands with a defensive back basically engaged in contact on that receiver, which gives you, you know, no yards of separation. And for Tua to hit those consistently with good location, with a a cold football, all the, you know, potential elements that we heard about all week. Like, I I feel like you can probably, even though you don't win the game, kind of put that idea to rest, right? This team is not built or not portable to go on the road and and inclement weather. That's kind of BS because they just went toe-to-toe with arguably the best team in the NFL and, and dang near beat them. Uh, you know, short of a, a fourth quarter that didn't go your way, but you know, taking a lead with the football into the fourth quarter against a good football team, I feel pretty good about you know squashing at least with time being that narrative that I never thought should have been a narrative in the first place. But you know, you get the the, the location of the footballs, a couple of drops, uh, two in the end zone too. I mean, the one to Tyreek, it's 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 tough when it's covered so well, but. Tyreek, you just get used to him making those plays, so you expect him to make all of them. The pass to Sherfield that he's caught a million times and shown you such sure hands on third and fourth down uh, on the day, despite some of the drops and miscues, and he had his own as well. Tua finishes 17 for 30 for 234 yards and two touchdowns. It's a 104 passer rating, a 7.8 yards per pass. And we mentioned the rushing game, didn't give you the stats on that. 17 rushes for Raheem Mostert for a buck 36. Uh, six for 43 for Savon Ahmed and the touchdown. And then I told you, Tua and Ingold both had a rush. But receiving-wise, three for 114 for and a touchdown for Waddle, nine for 69 for Ty- Tyreek Hill. And then we had five guys that had one catch. Cedric Wilson, a big 21-yard catch. M- Mostert, a nice 20-yard gainer as well. And Smythe had negative yards on that third and one pass that was complete behind the line of scrimmage. But uh, 
the receivers, the top two guys that we've been going to all year had big games. Tua, I thought, played really well in this game. Offensive line got pushed. I mentioned the right side of the offensive line, the left side getting the job done. Ingold being so versatile and being able to mix and match his role. That sneak play that we ran, not the sneak, I'm sorry, the fullback dive that we ran where he motions to one side of the formation, loops back in return motion, goes orbit back. Like He was all over the place, and that's kind of the beauty of this offense, right? It's a lot of... A lot of false keys and eye candy for the defense. And Miami had some openings to get 400 yards on an offense on defense and 29 points that averages much less than that. 17 something points per game in a recent stretch for the Buffalo Bills. So Miami scoring on a defense that has played really well this year. And, you know, on top of the takeaway that the offense, I guess, is back or, you know, looks like it's old self again. The big plays never went anywhere because now you've got a 67 yard touchdown catch and or throw and catch from Tua to Jalen Waddle and the acceleration he showed after that. You had the 68-yard Raheem Mostert run. That feels pretty impactful. Points on that play. Trent Sherfield for 75 in San Francisco. Tyreek for 45 in San Francisco. Tyreek for 57 in Los Angeles. Also the 56-yard fumble recovery, which doesn't really count for the sake of this argument, but it kind of does when you consider the fact that it's really just about speed and the ability to hit the big play. This offense sure can do it. Uh, I wrote in my notes here again, saddle up Rob Hunt because that guy was having a heck of a night moving people off the football. I did think that the fourth quarter was where the offense obviously got off track scoring just three points, but they had the football to what goes into the fourth quarter with a 111.1 passer rating and a third and three. And that was kind of where the offense hit its I guess, slump of the game because going into that two was 12 for 23 with 202 yards and two touchdowns and a chance to, you know, put it on ice, give Miami a two score lead. We go, uh, uh, incomplete pass on third and three passes a little bit to the inside on an out route. We get a complete completion short to Durham Smythe later on in the next drive. I think it's fair to say that this offense could, you know, stand to execute those third and short plays and red zone a little more because that's where the game, you know, you got bogged down there a little bit. And those were such key crucial plays in the game. And I was tweeting about it all night, how, you know, early on Buffalo just kind of got those big moments, you know, the third and 17 conversion they got, um, they recovered a fumble off that Josh Allen had coughed up earlier in the game, just some key moments they got, they made the big play, uh, and late in the game or third quarter, that certainly swung back in Miami's favor. But in the fourth quarter, it went back the other way. And here's five possessions that ended. You know, Miami went, was it six consecutive third downs without a conversion? Five, con- five third down conversions. Third and one at the plus 27 yard line, you get a pass that loses yardage. Third and three at the, your own 17 yard line, a pass that goes incomplete. Third and two at the minus 39, another incomplete pass. Third and three at the plus three is an incomplete pass. And then third and one at the plus 11 yard line is another incomplete pass. So just couldn't make the key plays in those moments. You get just one of those. You get just one of the red zone conversions. Maybe it's a different game. And that's why you feel good about this in terms of it was there for you, but it hurts just the same because you had a chance to make the, the, you know, the big win. And all of a sudden the division race is back on. Probably going to have to forget about that now, but it was there for you. You had chances. You proved you can compete. We'll come back to that takeaway here in just a second. But man, it just feels like it could have been a different game. And I don't want to make excuses about it because everyone's got their own issues. But this context, we do full, this podcast, we do full context, right? That's the context. And it's a bummer to see it go by the boards. Let's go back to head coach Mike McDaniel, who talked about the idea of throwing the football versus running the football in the elements with a defense showed. He was asked, did you feel like you'd give up on the run too early? I loved his answer here because he told you what he saw from his perspective on the sideline. Here's head coach Mike McDaniel. In a game like that, you have to kind of stay ahead of what the defense is doing. Um, I, I think when when they adjust, you know, we had to give them a reason to play single safety. 
Um, I think they played four snaps of man the first time we played them. And um, so you have a choice. You can either play scared um, or you can um, try to, you know, continue doing what you're, what you're, uh, continue doing what your offense is built to do. And it's, that's if they're blitzing five men pressures to stop the run. You have to, you know, it's it's going to get ugly. So um, I was I was fine with uh, the way the game went, um, and I think all of our players would uh, would if given the opportunity. Um, you know, the, the offensive line and the running backs believe in our receivers and quarterback, and um, you have to play to each other and take what the defense is getting giving you. So those are takeaways one and two. Feeling pretty good about the offense after this performance. Let's come back on the other side of the podcast and get the takeaways three through five. Plenty of defense and special teams in there. That's next. Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Early on a Sunday morning taping this podcast, you'll probably hear it sometime on your Sunday if you decide to take a break from NFL action to listen to a Miami Dolphins podcast. I hope you do. Either way, I'll be with you guys here on the podcast all day Sunday or wherever, whenever you want to hear your drive time podcast. Takeaway number three from Miami's 32-29 loss in Buffalo is at first I wrote that Allen is doing whatever he wants. But that takeaway became, I'm happy to see the defense respond in the way that they did, even though, again, the fourth quarter didn't go the way you wanted it to. There are certain players in this league, and you heard Tua talk about it, you heard McDaniel talk about it. There are so many players in this league where if they're on, like, you just have to weather the storm and try to make enough plays. And last time they came down here, the Dolphins did. They made the plays at the end of the game against that Bills offense that is just so difficult to stop with everything they can do in the run game, the quarterback run game, scramble off script run game, uh, the play at the end of the first half. I mean, my goodness, <laughs> you know, Allen takes a huge chance by with no timeouts, scrambling out eight seconds of the clock in a situation where if you don't get a completion there, you can kick a field goal and take, you know, three points into the into the locker room break. And he scrambles all the way out and runs the clock out and he throws it back across his body and finds a receiver in the back of the end zone. Just, I mean, little plays like that where if it goes the other direction, again, four more points like we talked about in takeaway number two. So when you play a guy like that, he's going to make his plays. You weather the storm, you got your version of the big plays. The strip sack was incredible. Uh, you know, Jalen Phillips and Christian Wilkins have been so good all year long and after Allen comes out with 217 yards and three touchdowns in the first half Miami goes five consecutive possessions without giving up a point with you know four of those are punts one of those are a turnover and that's a really good response for a defense that was coming in in the secondary completely banged up it's been that way for most of the year but you see Javon Holland you know one of your captains exit the game and he did come back and return but they went after Miami's you know 
secondary and safety position. And, and why wouldn't you? That's that's what this how this league works. You know, next man up, you're going to get called upon. You're going to get picked on. And that's what they did. And it worked in the first half. But Miami adjusted in a big way and, and got a bunch of plays in that second half where you force a three and out to start, keyed by a big Zach Sealer tackle for loss, which, by the way, who wins quicker than Zach Sealer? A couple of vintage arm over swim moves where he plays through a man, runs over running back on the way to the quarterback and gets a sack and did it against the run as well. Then you get a stop after Buffalo drove into uh, plus territory with a couple of good pass rushes there. And Jalen Phillips drew a hold. Christian Wilkins drew some, some laundry on that drive, I believe, as well. You get a third straight stop on a three and out that makes Buffalo punt from their own four-yard line. You back them up with the, you know, the offense driving down. Defense gets uh, their their stop, or I should say special teams, gets them pinned deep, and then the defense comes through. That's complimentary football and good work there. And I loved that spy call on third down to have Javon Holland come from depth and come make a huge open field tackle on Josh Allen because it feels like when he feels like he has to make a third and long conversion, he just says, oh, first read's not there. I'll go get it myself. And usually he does, but Javon Holland erased him on that play. That was a great play by the Dolphins' second-year safety. The fourth straight stop with three straight incompletions. You get good pressure from Christian Wilkins on two of those plays. And then I literally wrote in my notes, and I text a couple of my buddies that I'm on group chats with about you know the Dolphins and said, it feels like because of the pressure we're getting, Allen's going to start doing that thing where he kind of drops his eyes and takes off and plays hero ball, and it always works for him. We need to get a takeaway right here. Sure enough, the next play is the Jalen Phillips trip sack and Christian Wilkins recovery. Unfortunately, Miami only paid it off with three points on the other side. But I thought the defense has resolved to bounce back. I think the pass rush has shown you consistently they can affect quarterbacks and move them. I think the secondary is competing its butt off with what it has available to it. I mean, when Javon goes down, you come into the game without Eric Rowe. Brandon Jones is not available to you. I mean, Verone McKinley is, is playing as good as you possibly can for an undrafted rookie. That's I mean, that's what he is. That's what the secondary, you know, Cater Kohu doing the same same deal, finding gems like that that can come in and contribute for you. Clayton Fedulum signed a couple of years ago and has played almost exclusively special teams. You know, Justin Bethel's out there. Same story. He's playing defensive snaps. Noah Igbenogany's active, makes a couple of plays in this game. Uh, they went after him in that fourth quarter a little bit, and he was keeping things in front of him and making plays there as well. So secondary is awfully, awfully banged up. It's a war of attrition, this sport, especially when it kind of tallies up in one position like that. So it's always going to be tough to overcome when you get just killed at one spot with injury like that. But for Miami to come out after a rough first half and put together the five straight defensive stops and help the offense get back into the game, I thought that was just absolutely awesome despite what happened late. And again, Josh Allen made enough plays Uh, to beat you. Sometimes that happens. Takeaway number four is that special teams had their best game of the year and it started on the first play of the game when Raheem Mostert took us past the 35 yard line with a really nice kickoff return. I had three kickoffs that they brought back short of the 20 yard line. What if uh, Naheem Hines drops that punt that hit him in the face mask? That would have been a game changer right there. Just all these little things that went against Miami. We also had the 60-yard punt that rolled down to the one-yard line to run down and touch that thing down is a big deal. The roughing call on most or on a Morstead is a big deal. Um, so yeah, I thought that special teams had their best game of the year and really won those margins in a game where you have to win those margins in a close game like this, and it didn't wind up mattering in the end in terms of win-loss, but great to see that overall. And number five, there's going to be a section of the fan base here on the podcast that doesn't want to hear this, but number five is that I leave the game encouraged. Again, I know it's a non-starter for a lot of you here, but I thought you saw signs of the running game coming together. I thought the entire offensive operation was just better. And frankly, you know, it was a few uncharacteristic mistakes away from really matching the Bills up and down the field all game long. And they, they did that until the very end. 
You know, I mentioned the two drops in the, in the end zone, the two drops in the drive before. I thought Tua's placement was really good. Defense, like we said, there's a certain level of attrition they've had to endure this year that, my goodness, man, it just it gets dire with how many injuries you have back there. At least Javon Holland came back. But big games against really good teams come down to those few plays, and we enter the fourth quarter ahead in that aspect of the game, but they made more plays than Miami did in the fourth quarter of the game. Just like we, you know, the Dolphins made more plays in the fourth quarter of the game back in week three when they were down here. So I think both teams would probably tell you they should have won the game that they lost against the other team. And that's a sign of a good rivalry. And again, Buffalo is a lot of people's picks to go all the way and, you know, make some noise in January. And Miami went toe to toe with a team that historically has not provided good results in that building against that team, especially against that quarterback and that head coach they have. Uh, pretty encouraging in terms of the progress from the last couple of years going up to Buffalo and, and getting beat by multiple scores in those games, especially two years ago when it was, you know, 56 to 20 something score uh, against the Buffalo Bills. But we showed, I thought the Dolphins could compete in, in a game and in conditions that most didn't think they could. The division race all but over, but we hope to see those guys again down the line in January. I like our chances to turn this losing streak around over the final three games and get right and get back on the winning side and hopefully make a push towards the postseason. Let's go ahead and hear from head coach Mike McDaniel on the positive outcome of this loss, kind of feeling similar to how I felt about it. But first, before that, let's go ahead and take our last break. We'll come back on the other side and hear from Mike McDaniel and quarterback Tua Tungavailoa to put a bow on takeaway number five. That's next. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. It's a tough loss on Saturday night in Buffalo after a crazy day of NFL action. The largest comeback in NFL history as the Vikings take down the Colts after falling down 33 0 in that game. That was pretty cool to watch. Let's pick this back up here as Miami loses their third straight 32 29 in Buffalo. As Mike McDaniel talked about the positives that he saw in this game as part of an answer he had in his post game press conference. Here's Mike McDaniel. Um, on the positive side, uh, I think that is night and day from the football we've played since the bye. So. Had we played like that um, for uh, for the whole season, we wouldn't um, would be feeling a lot different because it wouldn't be the third loss in a row. So um, I think perspective is important. That uh, and I think there's stuff to learn from it, um, and it's a gut check for sure. Um, but I know the guys aspire to be um, great. Well, this is this is one thing that. Uh, only great people can do is really go all in, really invest, um, spend a lot of time uh, and do everything the right way and still come up short. Um, That's football. That's what happens when you play really good football teams on their home turf. And let's go ahead and hear from quarterback one who I loved his comment here about this is the greatest team sport that there ever was the game of football. Here's QB one. Yeah, you know, I I would say I'm very proud of of the way our, our leaders stepped up in this game. Um, you know, in, in some of the, the biggest moments and the, you know, in crucial moments of the game, um, 
you know, our, our leaders had, had made big plays um, in this game. You know, I, I think our team is taking a, a step in the right direction. Um, you know, but it, it's, it's tough when, when, you know, a, a lot of the guys on the, on the team um, have that it's my fault mentality um, to, to not, not go into a deep hole. Um, you know, and I, I think that's the learning lesson for everyone, um, you know, me included, you know, that, hey, we, we have four quarters, like, we don't have to press, we don't have to, to get down on ourselves, like, it's part of the game, like, they're good too, they're going to make plays, um, you know, and that's why you, you learn to trust, and that's why it's, I, in my opinion, the greatest team sport, you know, that, you know, if, if our defense gets us the ball, they trust that we have to go and put points on the board, and you know that that that's all it is. I, I'm just really proud of our guys. Uh, you know they came out, um, and you know the the environment was was electric. The atmosphere was crazy. Um, you know a little chilly, but regardless of that, you know I, I think we played we played a great game. So there you go. There's head coach. There's quarterback. There's the five takeaways. Wanted to mention this real quick. The 12 men on defense and the two point conversion. Man, that's another one that you look back on and say. Would that extra yard have, I mean, Allen got the ball across by literally inches. Would the extra yard have caused him to call a different play, possibly get a stop? Really crucial there. The Dolphins don't get their own two-point conversion. Just one of those games, man, you're going to look back on multiple spots and say we could have had a chance to win this game. Uh, The play before the play. There was two options here, and I wrote this down before I got to the second one. Uh, This is clearly Zach Sealer's vintage swim move to get a tackle for loss to start the second half, right? It's a type of play that this award was created for. We saw it all the time. And funny enough, it was short yardage, even though second and short isn't the same as third and fourth and short, where Sealer has a penchant for making big plays. But second one, he gets that vintage swim move and greets the running back just after the handoff for a big collision. And I think it was a three or four yard loss. And the Bills went incomplete on the next play and got the ball back for the Dolphins after a nine yard gain on first down. Typically that equals first down at some point, but Thanks to Zach Sealer's tackle for loss. It did not do that. And as I wrote that, you know, later in the game, Cater Kohu makes a play and trail technique on Gabe Davis where he makes a fantastic pass breakup one-on-one on a top, you know, vertical receiver. And that was the play right before Javon Holland tripped up Josh Allen on that third down scramble play when he was the spy. So Zach Sealer made a huge play on second and one. Cater Kohu, a big play on second and eight. Both those guys get in the notes here. And then teach tape, probably Cater Kohu and that trail technique, honestly, uh, playing the the upfield hip and turning with him and getting that that outside arm all the way over for the pass breakup. But I also want to mention Raheem Mostert's 68-yard run where he got behind the pads, dropped the shoulder, stayed square to his opponent, and then just ran through a tackler. And then the acceleration off of that, like he expected to run through that tackle, that was absolute teach tape. And then the way he ran the ball up the sideline, just refusing to go down despite, you know, having Jordan Poyer pulling at the horse collar or whatever, getting that 15-yard foul by grabbing the back part of the jersey. So that was my teach tape on the day. Raheem Mostert's big run, angry run. Hopefully we see that on Good Morning Football come Monday morning. All right, that's your takeaways. That's your recap pod. Gosh, felt like they had this one, didn't it? We'll get them next time. Packers coming up next Sunday on Christmas. We'll have that one covered for you guys. I'm returning back to a full schedule this week. So back to the uh, five days of podcast or five podcasts a week, I should say. One podcast per day for five days a week. That's uh, coming up this week as we look ahead to the Green Bay Packers on Christmas Day at one o'clock kickoff. Hallelujah. Back to the one o'clock time slots. Um, yeah, we'll look forward to that. We'll have the post game for that one. But before that, a bunch of preview stuff and, and midweek review and 
assistant coaches, audio, all that fun stuff here on the Drive Time Podcast this week ahead of Dolphins and Packers. In the meantime, you all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast, our Twitter Spaces show every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, the postgame show on 560 WQAM, also the team YouTube channel for media availabilities and Dolphins today. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Caroline and Cameron, daddies, coming home.